Would you turn with me this evening to our scriptures that we've been looking at, Isaiah, the first chapter, and you can go ahead and find Galatians, the third chapter, Isaiah 1 and Galatians 3. It'd help you if you take the time, turn to the scriptures, let your eyes rest on them, even though you know them real well and can quote them, it'll help you to... uh, Turn to them with us. I think we should have a special offering Friday night. You think that'd be a good idea? Phyllis and I have been praying about doing something special, uh, you know, above what we would ordinarily do. And so uh, I know other people have talked to me about that too. So let's just make Friday night special offering night. Amen. And then, you know, after uh, tonight and tomorrow night, then we'll know what has already come in, too. And so uh, our faith is is on it. It's coming in. And we set no time deadlines or anything like that. It's just coming. Right? I don't know about you, and I hope you're the same way, because that's where you have to be. When you get in faith about something, I, I don't talk about it, and I don't release my faith until I'm sure that's the way to go. You know, don't don't be quick to make confessions. Don't be quick to claim things. Look at it. Pray about it. Think about it. Meditate upon it. Amen? Sometimes day after day and week after week, sometimes month after month. Some things years. And then when you get it in your heart. I said then when you get it in your heart. And you're sure, yeah, this is the way to go. Yeah, this is the will of God. Yes, this is the thing. Then you sow your seed and you claim. And when you do that, you never come off of it. Did you hear that? How long do we stand? Well, till it all comes to pass. Right? That's it. Amen. But make sure before you step out. Some people are too quick, you know, to claim stuff. They just claim everything that crosses their mind. And their their concept is, you know, maybe if we'll throw enough prayers out there and throw enough confessions out there, maybe some of them will stick. And their their concept is uh, hope for success through quantity. But I actually had the Lord say to me some years ago in a time of prayer, he said, son, I don't mean to hurt an audible voice now, but, but inside me, he said, if you'll be more selective, you'll be more effective. What is he talking about? If I'll be more selective in what I pray, if I'll be more selective in what I say, then I'll be more effective. Get it settled in your heart. Some things, you know, we, we didn't, uh, we didn't pop up, uh, two days ago and say, yeah, let's do some TV. That's a good idea. (laughs) We've been looking at this for years and years, years. And done some things here and there, but you know, just didn't, didn't have the release about it. You know, now it's not only hearing from God about what to do, but you, you should hear from God about the timing. Amen. Very important. Yeah, I know, uh, we had the privilege of working with Dr. Kenneth E. Hagen. Uh, but in the, in the beginning days, we, well, I guess we had been working with Brother Hagen for some, Oh, five, eight years maybe. And an internationally known minister called me out in a public meeting. If I called his name, you'd know who he is. Very well known. I didn't know the man at this time. But he called me out in a big, huge meeting. He says, would you come here? And I came there. And he and he looked at me. He said, the Lord spoke to me. 
He said, you're not supposed to just be a helps ministry to another minister. You're supposed to have your own ministry. Now, just because somebody tells you that doesn't mean it's so. I don't care who it is. Did you hear me? I've had people say, well, you know, so-and-so prophesied to me and I did it. And boy, I'm in a mess. Well, then you need to admit that they missed it. And you missed it by listening to them. You know, some folk, well, they choke before they would admit they missed it. They just flat choke. Oh, we just don't know. The devil's just attacking it. Well, no, sometimes folk just miss it. They just prophesy out of their own mind. Did you hear me? And miss God. And then folk follow it and they miss God. But that doesn't do away with the real either. There is the real. But there is false and wrong. And sometimes it's not so much a matter of people just being malicious and trying to mislead. They just don't know their self and are just playing games with spiritual things and very immature. That's why you have a Bible. And that's why the Holy Spirit lives in you personally. Amen. And I don't care who it is, if it's me, prophesy something to you. If it's the Holy Ghost, the same Holy Spirit that would be prophesying through me, same Holy Ghost lives in you. Same Holy Ghost. And if it's right, you'll have a witness. Anybody know what I mean by a witness? You'll have a witness. And if you don't have a witness, and here's one thing to help you with this. If it's the Holy Ghost... Same Holy Ghost that lives in you, it's going to be very familiar. So everybody say familiar. Familiar. But when it is strange, that's the thing you don't go with. I don't care who it is. Somebody prophesied. Somebody said, yeah, but they're a prophet. Said who? They told you they were? Maybe they are. Maybe they ain't. Well, they're, they're a great prophetess. Well, are they? That doesn't matter. In any, you, you can hang a, a title, uh, you can put any kind of label on an empty can that doesn't put anything in the can. Now, why are we talking about this tonight? Because people's lives have been messed up through following wrong personal prophecy. I know people who've married people because somebody prophesied that they should. And it lasted about three days. I've seen, I know people who quit their jobs and, 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 and leave churches and leave ministries because somebody prophesied to them that they should and just go out and just flop. And the thing is, them nor the people that prophesied to them want to admit we missed it. They try to make all kind of excuses about, well, why it didn't work. No, just admit you missed it. You're talking when you should have been quiet. You were saying, yea, thus saith the Lord, when you should have been saying, yea, thus saith me. But it doesn't do away with the real. There is the real. How do I know what's real and what's not? I already told you. Number one, check everything out by the book. If it disagrees with the book on any part, forget it. Don't care who said it. And number two, check it by the witness that you have inside, the inner witness. And when it's right, you'll have a witness. Something inside you'll go, yeah, yep, yep, yep. God's been saying the same thing to me. Amen. Amen. And there's a witness there. And if you don't have that, 
then put it on the shelf. And certainly don't act on it. Are you with me now? This is important. People have been hurt. They've been messed up through things like this. And even if it's right, even if the prophecy is correct. Well, let me just back up just a little bit. Under the New Testament, we are not led by prophets. We have prophets. There are New Testament prophets and apostles and all the fivefold ministry gifts. But under the New Testament, we are not led by prophets like they were under the old. Because the average believer or, or, you know, the average covenant person did not have the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament. You couldn't tell them be led. They didn't have the Holy Ghost. They weren't even born again. But under the New Covenant... The scripture said, in that day, they'll not say every man to his neighbor, know the Lord, because they'll all know me. They'll all know me from the least to the greatest. You can be led by the Holy Spirit for yourself. So no, under the New Testament, we're not led by prophecies. You may receive a prophecy. It might help you. But you're not led by prophecies. You're not led by prophets. You're not led by prophetesses. You're led by the Holy Spirit. Did you hear me? Led by the Holy Spirit. And even if it's right, even if something that somebody prophesies to you is correct, still there's the issue of timing. This man calls me out. I've been in the ministry for, I don't know, maybe eight years, something like that. He tells me this in front of a gigantic crowd. He said, you're not supposed to have, you're not supposed to just be a helps minister to another minister. You're supposed to have your own ministry. When he said that, it bore witness to me. It did. So, I stayed with Brother Hagin for another 15 years. You did what? Yeah, because it wasn't time. It was right, but it wasn't time. Friend, there's some people here, you desperately need to hear this tonight. Because you're about to make a wrong move. And you're moving by somebody's prophecy. And you're moving by feelings. And you're moving by circumstances. And that's not being led by the Holy Spirit. No, no. Forget about what everybody's saying. And everybody's opinion. And you go get in the bedroom. And you get quiet. And you ask the Lord to show you what to do. Amen. And you trust what you get in your heart. Above everything else. You can hear from God. I said you can hear from God. For yourself. And if somebody's tongue. Or interpretation. Or prophecy. Or prophet. Or prophetess. Or whatever. If it bears witness with what you have in your heart. Great. Praise God. If it doesn't, I don't care who they are, ignore it. Yeah, but they're a prophetess. Yeah, and you got the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Prophetess, Holy Spirit. Way higher than prophetess. Or prophet. Do you understand? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit speaks... Prophetess should be quiet. Holy Spirit says something different. Everybody should be quiet. Now I know the Holy Spirit can speak through people. I know that. But you have the Holy Spirit in you. That's what we've been camping on on these Sunday mornings, isn't it? 
and we're just going to grow in this, grow in this, grow in this. Praise God. Well, if you don't like that, realize I don't even know who I'm talking to. I had a fellow come up to me after service one time. Boy, he was fuming mad. He said, preacher, you got something to say to me? Why don't you just say it? I said, what are you talking about? He said, you know what I'm talking about. Now, I didn't. I didn't know until he opened his mouth and told me about the things that were applying. And in the middle of it, he realized I didn't know. He said, you didn't know? I said, not till now. (laughs) He kind of got sheepish and walked away. (laughs) No, you just look straight ahead and go, amen, Brother Keith. Somebody needs to hear that. And just... And if it was you, then when you get home, you fall across the bed and go, oh, God, that was me, and and repent and pray through. But no, the Holy Spirit's not interested in embarrassing people, making people feel bad, but in helping people, in helping people. Can you say amen? amen? Let's pray and get into the Word. Eventually, we did. Get into our own ministry. Amen. And now we have multiple outreaches in our own ministry. But timing was a factor. Father, we thank you tonight because you are faithful. You are good. You are kind. And you you so desire to help us. And you know just how to help us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We acknowledge your Holy Spirit here tonight as our teacher and our guide and our helper. And we ask you to give everybody eyes that see, ears that hear, heart open and receptive. And let there come revelation, answers to questions and direction, solutions for problems right now. And Lord, guide us in just the direction you'd have us to go. Give us whatever manifestation of the Spirit that you would. Help us to be respectful, cooperative, yielded. And we purpose by your grace not to be hearers only, but to be doers of the word. And we know as we do, we will be blessed. Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said out loud, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the word of God. Hallelujah. Isaiah, first chapter. Now, everybody be happy. I'm not mad at anybody. Honestly, I have no individual in mind. I wouldn't stand up here and lie to you. I, I don't have anybody in mind when I said all those things. I just, I'm just following the Lord. Isaiah. But the Lord doesn't want people to miss it, does he? I mean, he, you have to ignore God to miss it. Because he'll do everything he can to help you. Prevent that. If, if, if. You listen. What week is this? Anybody know? Yeah, you thought it was a week in October, but it's the week of increase. And we are increasing around here majorly. Can you feel it on the inside? Maybe it feels not the best word. Sense it. Can you sense it? On the inside, we're increasing. We're increasing. Hallelujah. It was it Brother Smith Wigglesworth used to be fond of saying, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. 
Well, how could that be? Well, how can the greater one live inside you? Yeah, you can. And this largeness of heart, this increase of faith wells up in you. And things don't happen first in your pocketbook or in your checking account. They happen first inside you, in your spirit. But once it's changed there, it's just a matter of time till it changes in all these other places. Amen. You get healing first in your spirit. Then it shows up in your body. You get joy in your spirit. Shows up outside. Amen. And you get increase inside. Then it affects the outside. Say watch out outside. Here it comes. Increase. Hallelujah. Well we have been calling these sessions. The title qualifying for God's best. Qualifying for God's best. In Isaiah, the first chapter, Isaiah 1, and the 18th verse, Isaiah 1, 18 says, Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Now that's for us today, right? Cleansing of sin. Righteousness restored. That's for us today. Well, then is the next verse for us. If you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured with the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. If. What does if mean? If. It reveals conditions. If you do this, then this happens. If you don't do it, then that doesn't happen. If you're willing and obedient, what happens? Hmm? You will eat the good of the land. Now that phrase, you understand, they live in an agrarian economy. Crops, livestock. And that's how most of your wealth is. It's in your cows and your sheep and your goats and your camels and your pumpkins and your butter beans and purple hull peas. And your corn and wheat. Right? And okra. <laughs> or whatever. I see people shaking their head. You don't like you don't like okra. Well whatever, you know. They it wasn't so much currency. And it wasn't, you know, they didn't have banks like they do now and this kind of thing. Not a stock market like they do now. So if you were wealthy, you had the best livestock and the best crops and you had plenty of it. And so is he saying, if you're willing and obedient, that you'll enjoy the top quality things of the earth. The word good here, the good of the land, it literally means the fat thereof. Like the fat cows and the fat camels, the healthiest and the best livestock. And notice it didn't say you'll eat the good of heaven. But you'll eat what? The good of the the land. That's down here, right? That's, That's the earth. That's now. Now how do you qualify to enjoy the good of the land? got to be willing and you got to be obedient is it God's will for us to be willing and obedient 
then is it just as much his will for us to have the results of being willing and obedient? Is it just as much God's will for you to eat the good of the land as for you to be willing and obedient? Have to be. Have to be. So say it out loud. It is God's will for me to enjoy the best, best things in the earth. Amen. After all, God didn't put the nicest cars and the nicest houses and the nicest clothes and the best food and the best jewelry here for the devil and his crowd. Right? It's here. It's God's stuff. And he's given it to the children of men. It's our stuff. Now, the devil wants to control it all. He didn't want you to have enough food to live off of. If he could starve you to death, he would in a heartbeat. But he's not able to. He's only able to do what we allow him to do in our lives. He's a stripped foe. He's the loser, remember? He's been brought to naught. Stripped under our feet. So you and I should rule and reign in this life. But if we're not enjoying the good of the land, what would be the reason? We're not qualifying. Right? Can we be honest enough to admit that? People don't. But but you should. If I'm not enjoying the best, if I'm living in junky stuff and driving junky stuff and wearing wore out stuff and scraping the bottom of the barrel, is that because it's God's will for me? Or is it because for some way or another I'm not qualifying? People haven't liked to think like that, have they? They'd rather think, It's God's mysterious will. People like what I call no-fault religion. No matter what happens, it's not my fault. And no matter what doesn't happen in my life, it's not my fault. God is mysterious in his ways, and you just never know. Sometimes, you know, he makes you broke, and sometimes he makes people rich, and we don't know why he picks this one to be poor and why he picks this one to be rich. you, You just never know. But you just must accept your lot in life. And if this is God's will for me to be broke all my life, well, then thy will be done. And people think that's holy and pious and don't realize it's being ignorant and spiritually irresponsible. Did you hear me? Well, what if it's God's will for you to be rich? Would you submit to that? Hmm? Well, what if you're not? Then let's believe to get there. Amen. And say, Lord, if I'm not qualifying, show me how to qualify. And here's two of the great big qualifications. What? Must be willing. And you must be obedient. We told the story, many of you have heard uh, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagan, when he left his last church, went out on the field ministry, that month after month, he's going in the hole. He's going from bad to worse financially. And eventually it got so bad, he got to spend some extra time seeking the Lord, even fasting and praying. And, and, and he was quoting this scripture to the Lord. You read about this in his little book, How God Taught Me About Prosperity. And he said, uh, you know, Lord, I'm not eating the good of the land. You told me if I'm willing and obedient, I'd eat the good of the land. And I left my last church and I obeyed you, but I'm not eating the good of the land. And he prayed and he fasted and he sought the Lord. And eventually the Lord was able to speak to him about it. And the Lord told him, first off, he said, well, the reason is you don't qualify. Did you hear that? Would the Lord tell you something like that? You don't qualify. Well, man, it it aggravated him and upset him. He said, Lord, 
I left my last church. I did what you told me to do. I, I left the comfort, uh, best parsonage I ever had, the best pay I ever had. I left all that. And I'm not, he said, yeah, you did, but not willing. Amen. And he knew it was true. And he said, boy, it didn't take him long. Reached down on the inside, made an adjustment. He said, now I'm willing. Amen. You know I'm willing. The devil knows I'm willing. And he began to come up. Amen. 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 And was greatly blessed. Well, what about you and me? If we're not eating the good of the land, what should we look to? Do we qualify? And for the last three days, we've been a talking and a shouting and a praising God about being willing to receive the gospel. Right? The good news. Jesus preached good news to the poor. What is good news to the poor? Ain't got to be poor no more. Right? What's the good news? You know the grace of our Lord Jesus, the scripture said, how that uh, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that you through his poverty might be rich. That sounds just like he took your sins so you could be righteous and he took your sickness so you could be healed and he bore the chastisement of your peace, doesn't it? That's redemptive language. That's substitutionary phraseology. He took our poverty, became poor with our poverty. Why? So we could stay poor? No. No. So we could be? And that's good news. If you can in childlike faith just believe that and go, I believe it. I believe it. He became sin from my sin. He became sickness from my sickness so I could be healed. And he became poor with my poverty so I could be rich. He did. I am. Amen. Amen. I am saved, I am righteous, I am healed, and I am rich. It is written. See, you got to get as strong uh, about, well, some folk are looking like they're not sure about this. Turn to that scripture real quick. 2 Corinthians, 8th chapter. 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Am I reading scripture? Is this the Bible? New Testament. Yes, is this just as true as 1 Peter 2.24? Yes. Just as true. Not, not any less true, not any less powerful. Amen. Right? Yes. Anybody know 1 Peter 2.24? What does it say? Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live into righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. You believe that? Amen. No matter how you feel, Amen. you were healed. Right? And if you were, you am. You am, you is. Now. Healed. Me. Right? Who's healed in this place? I want to see. Who's healed? That's not everybody, but if the Bible is true and you identify with this, it's just like being born again. You may not always feel righteous, but you've been made righteous. You may not always feel saved, but you have been saved. You're saved by grace through your faith. You've got to believe it, not based on feelings. And you've got to believe you're healed, not based on feelings. And many of us have learned how to do that. We've learned how to call our body healed when it's a hurting, when we got a temperature, got a fever, got a bad report. We'll say, okay, I see it, but it don't move me. No, I call my body healed no matter what I see. Amen. Well, we've got to learn this, though. Second Corinthians, are you there? Eight. Nine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was... Rich is a Bible word, you know. Rich. Yet for your sakes he became 
broke, poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. Is this just as true as 1 Peter 2.24? Then are you just as rich as you are healed? And you get this, you'll get so happy. You'll say, my broke days are over forever. My, just like my sick days are over, my broke days are over. Well, now, Brother Keith. We don't even want to talk to you right now. Now, we're rich. Just as rich as we are healed. Just as healed as we are saved. All in the same Bible. That's why we spent the last three days talking about the gospel. Because you got masses of Christianity that treat healing like a side issue. They treat prosperity like a side issue. I've had people even write in and say, Now we don't preach all that healing stuff, all that prosperity stuff. We just preach the gospel. And we spent the last three nights proving that if you preach the gospel, you will preach healing. And if you preach the gospel, you will preach prosperity. Jesus, one of the things Jesus said he was anointed to do was to preach the gospel to the poor. Proclaim the good news to the poor. And people have tried to twist that and say, well, that means, you know, to sinners. Well, why didn't he say sinners? He said to the poor. What would be different about the gospel to the poor than the rich? Why not just gospel to sinners, to lost people? No, to the poor. Why? Because there's good news. I said there's good, there's good news for the sinner man. You ain't got to stay a sinner. You can be saved. There's good news for the sick man. You can be healed. Good news for the mentally oppressed man. You can be free and have peace. Good news for the depressed man. You can have joy unspeakable. Amen and full of glory. Good news for the bound man. He has delivered you. Set you free. And there's good news for the broke man. There's good news for the poor man. Jesus didn't just go to the cross in spirit. He went to the cross. Spirit, soul, body, stripped of his clothes, lay there. I mean, naked. I mean, he became poor. Stripped. Why? Because he could, so he could redeem us. Spirit. And soul and body. Say it out loud. I'm saved. I'm just as healed. As I am righteous. And I'm just as rich. As I am healed. It's in Christ. It's been bought and paid for. No matter how I feel. I'm healed. I'm rich. I'm righteous. In Jesus. Now, if you'll keep saying that and proclaiming that and decreeing that, everything around you will have to change and conform to this and bow its knee to the truth. Amen. Amen. Now, if you don't like it and you find fault with it, then you have been unwilling to receive the message. And so you are not qualified to eat the good of the land. And if you want more about it, like I said, we've been preaching on it for three days now. But go to Galatians, because I am ready to talk about something else called the blessing. Are you ready to talk about the blessing? You excited about the blessing like I am? Oh, I'm telling you, this, this blessing is something. We've used the word so much in Christian, Christian circles. Until so many times it just it just runs off 
you know, bounces off people's ears and it doesn't mean anything. But friend, the blessing is that from God which gives success and increase. Amen. Amen. And victory in every area. And when God's blessing is on you, no curse can stop you. When God's blessing is on you, nothing can bind you up. Nothing can hold you back. Nothing in the earth, nothing under the earth, nothing anywhere is bigger and more powerful than the blessing. And guess who's blessed? Who am I talking about? Well, let's see. Galatians 3. Galatians 3. In Galatians 3, let's begin in verse 8. Well, well, verse 7. Galatians 3, 7. He says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Who's that? We got faith about big as a house on the front of the building up there. Are we faith people? Hmm? Then are we the children of Abraham? Is that us? You know, people talk, uh, mentioned last night, you know, that folk try to say about Old Testament things. Well, that's just for the Jews. That's just for the Jews. Well, who do you think we are? I don't, I don't take the time to do it right now, but in the book of Romans and in the book of Hebrews, you'll find in the plainest description that you and I are the Israel of God. And that just being born of natural Jewish heritage doesn't make you heir to the promise. You must believe on Jesus. Amen. Amen. And you are born again. And we are the Israel of God. Yeah. Well, that's just for the Jews. You go, great. I is one. Amen. It's for me. Amen. Covenant people. And in this new covenant, how many remember? It's, it's not Jew. It's not Gentile. It's not male. It's not female. It's not keeping the law. What is it? It's faith. It's faith in Jesus Christ. So we, we qualify in the sense of being seed of Abraham because of our faith in Jesus Christ. He reiterates that. But in verse 8, The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith. That was us. Heathen. That was also us. But heathen no more. I don't care how sophisticated you thought you were. If you were unsaved, you were heathen. But when you're born again, seed of Abraham. Preached before what? Are y'all with me tonight? Are y'all tired of this? Huh? Come on, you got to help me out now. I'm not just talking about verbally. I'm talking about spiritually. Because uh, do, do you remember Paul saying on more than one occasion, I would have said this and that to you, but you couldn't hear it? Remember that? So utterance is greatly affected by the hearer. Amen. And the reason why we've made progress the last few nights is because you were able to hear more. Amen. And then the Lord turns up the anointing. And he turns up the revelation. But if you, get, if you get tired on the inside and you decide, well, let's just watch and see what Brother Keith can do. It'll be flat. We're all in this thing together. Right? 
So how many are believing with me for utterance about the blessing? Amen. And not just to hear it so you can go, whoo, hallelujah, the blessing. No, so you can receive it and walk in it and remember it tonight and tomorrow and the next day and not let it go. Because, see, that's how the Lord, if we are good stewards of what he gives us, then he'll give us more. If we don't use and are not good stewards with what he gives us, he won't give us more till we walk in what we have. And really, you know, we, we, we shout and get excited about revelation, but it's a responsibility for us to walk in. Amen. How many are going to, going to hold on to the good news of prosperity, no matter if folk persecute you about it? Hmm? If they want to call you names like that rich church. You, you'll just scare. Yeah, 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 that's us. That's us. Smile and be happy. Walk in so much love, people think you're naive. Didn't, didn't Jesus tell us to be wise concerning good, but simple concerning evil? And if you walk in love like you should, people will assume you are naive. You, it'll happen. It's happened to me before. I've had people come to me over on the side and, and go, uh, Brother Keith? Did you hear what they said? And I said, what? You know, acted dumb. I said, what? They said, I think they were talking about you. I said, no. They said, you heard it, didn't you? I said, yeah. I said, forget it. What if they were? I'm going to keep my victory. Amen. 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 Had a fellow follow me down the hall one day and said, I don't like you. I don't like, I don't believe what you said. I don't like you. I don't like what you preach. I don't like you. I said, you just don't know me. If you knew me, you'd like me. That made him madder, I think. But why lose your joy and get grouchy and get in strife and lose the anointing and lose your momentum and lose your blessing? I'm not. Who else going to join me and say, I'm not, I'm not. No, walk in faith, walk in love, forgive. Keep the victory. Walk in the blessing. He said, The scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel, the gospel. Everybody say the gospel. The, now we know about the gospel. You folk that hadn't been with us, I'm sorry. But we, we are excited about the gospel. The gospel. We, we studied and saw how that that first generation of Israelites had the gospel preached to them. Good news preached to them, but they didn't mix faith with it, most of them. And so they didn't profit and benefit. But did you know Abraham had the gospel preached to him? Yeah. Right? Yeah. We're going to look at that just in a minute. What's gospel? Never bad news. Good news. Good news. And uh, we know Abraham believed God. Verse 6 said, so he believed the gospel, the good news that was told him. And part of this gospel to Abraham, he, he told him, in you shall all nations be blessed. Not cursed. Blessed. Blessed. Can you sense a rumbling inside you already about this blessing thing? Blessed. So then, they which be of faith. Do you see what I'm saying? They which be of faith, not not working on it, are blessed 
with faithful Abraham. Now we don't see a smidgen of that or we'd all be running around the room right now. But that's all right. Just hold on. We're going to work on it. Amen. Until we, we begin to understand what this means. Because we, we've said it so much and it hadn't mean anything. And people have talked it and kicked it around back and forth. And just blessed, blessed. What is blessed? Oh, we're blessed. We're blessed. No, friend. We are blessed. Blessed of God. Abraham knew about the, capital T, blessing, capital B. The blessing. He knew about it. He's our father in the faith. And we who have faith in Jesus Christ have become his, Abraham's, spiritual descendants. And inherited the blessing that God gave to Abraham that would be consummated in Jesus Christ. Who is our elder brother. With whom we are joint heirs of all the inheritance of God, which is capital T, the blessing, capital B. Everybody say the blessing. The blessing. The blessing. blessing. Mm. I'm having to bite my tongue to keep from getting ahead of myself because we got to build this. Keep on reading. Verse 9, so then they which be of faith, everybody say, that's me, that's me, that's me. They which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. You could stop right there and you'd know forever, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Now you may not know what all that means, but I assure you it's very, very, very good. So just say it out loud, I'm blessed. See, not, not, not going to be, not working on getting that way, are, are blessed with Faithful Abraham. Verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. Now that sounds just like what we got through reading. He was made poor. Right? This is redemptive language. Substitution. He became a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Why? Why? Come on now, you with me? Why? That, not a blessing, not a blessing. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Has it happened? Did Jesus do it? Was he made a curse for us? So that the blessing could come on us. Did he become a curse? Has the blessing come on us? Now many, many don't understand it. They're not walking in it. They're not yielding to it. But spiritually and legally it's there. For every child of God. Everybody say the blessing. blessing. Man, you talk about a deal. He took our curse and gave us his blessing. That's a trade of the ages. Right? He took our sin, gave us his righteousness. Took our sickness, gave us his healing. Took our poverty, gave us his riches. 
And all that summed up by saying he took our curse and gave us the blessing. The blessing. The blessing. Now go to Genesis 12 and let's see the first complete statement, I would call it that, of the blessing that the Lord revealed to Abraham. Now we're reading in the Old Testament. But does this apply to us? Now you'd have to be either asleep or not listening to know we just got through reading that the blessing of Abraham would come on us. Right? By our faith in Jesus. So what was and what is the blessing of Abraham? The blessing that God gave to him in Genesis the 12th chapter. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get you out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation and I will. Here it is. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I'll bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That's the blessing. Now there's some addition and explanation of it as you go through the chapters. You know, he told him, stand, look up at the stars and, and, and can you count them? And I'm going to multiply your seed. But that all comes from this. Now here's the question. Is this yours? Does this belong to you? As truly and as fully as if you were standing there in Abraham's place and God spoke to you and said, look at it, hear it just like it's coming from the Lord now. I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. No, we, we've kicked this word, this phrase around. We're blessed to be a blessing. We've said it so much until it doesn't mean things to people. But that's what this said. Why are we supposed to be rich? To be a blessing. Amen. How can you bless people with material things and you don't have enough to get by yourself? You've got to have excess. Excess, which means you've got to be rich. You got to have excess in order to be the full blessing all around that you're supposed to be. You are ordained of God before you were born to be a blessing. Not just to go through this life and, and bide your time and do your thing and satisfy your desires. No, you're on the planet to help people. Every way, spiritually and materially, 
Now, God wouldn't give you that job and not give you the ability and the resources to do it. How many would agree and you accept this, that you are called and appointed to be a blessing? That that's why you're breathing tonight. That's why your heart's beating. Hmm? This is, this is not a preacher deal. Every child of God is called and appointed, ordained to be a blessing. How can you be a blessing? You cannot be a blessing unless you are blessed. You cannot give what you don't have. You can't give revelation God didn't bless you with. You can't give understanding God didn't bless you with. You can't help people unless he blesses you with strength. You can't give unless he blessed you with it to give. But before you will be a blessing, you must receive the blessing. And you've got to get that concept ingrained in your heart and your mind. And you've got to get this word in your mouth. And you've got to go around saying, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. My children are blessed. My house is blessed. My car is blessed. I know the first sports car I got, a new one. I was out washing it one day. And some of the boys in the neighborhood saw it, and they stopped. And they came by, and they said, ooh, that's a nice car. It's a convertible, you know. And they said, ooh, man, that's nice. I said, yeah, it's nice. They said, can we look? I said, yeah, look. They're looking around. They said, ooh, how fast will it go? I said, pretty fast. (laughs) And they said, man, what kind of car is that? I said, it's a blessed car. They said, what kind is that? <laughs> I said, no, you understand. I said, this is a blessed car. This car, this sports car, has been to church so many times, it almost go by itself. And I pull out of the driveway, it knows we're going to church. They said, church? I said, yeah. He said, you got that car to go to church in? I said, yeah. Amen. Don't take me long. Yeah. And I'm there. Blessed. I think it was that same car. Phyllis and I took a little trip. We were several hundred miles away and I pulled in to get gas. And these ladies behind the counter and they said, Ooh, that's a nice car. We like that car. And one of them said, What do you do? Another one said, I bet I know. I bet he sells drugs. <laughs> and I said, No, I don't sell drugs. They said, Well, you probably buy drugs and use his drugs. I said, No, I don't sell drugs. And I don't buy drugs. They said, What do you do? I said, I'm a preacher. One of them said, one yelled in the back, said, girl, you ain't going to believe this. Look at that car. It's a preacher driving that car. And it it seemed foreign to them. Why can't a preacher be blessed? Did God just make this stuff just for pornographers and just for drug dealers and drug sellers and people that serve the devil? I don't think so. But yet, you understand, people have real problems with this kind of stuff. Some people do, they go, well, you know, how'd you get it? Well, how'd you get yours? How'd you get yours? If faith works and sowing and reaping works, it ought to work for the preacher. Too. Right? And I have found out, I always believed it and I found out, you don't have to steal one offering. You don't have to lie. You don't have to take one widow woman's social security check. 
you can sow seed and believe God. And God will deal with people. Amen. Amen. And do things for you. And that's not a preacher thing. That's a believer thing across the board. But my car should be blessed. Your car should be blessed. My house. I sort of say should be. But it is. I know it is. Is blessed. When we moved in. We stood up and said Lord thank you for this. This is our house. But this is your house. Amen. And we dedicate this facility to you. We come against anything that's ever been bad here. Hindered here. Commanded to stop and leave and never be here again. And all the ministering spirits that are assigned to me, you are appointed over this place. Everybody that steps foot on this place, you keep them from falling and hitting their head or their toe on a rock. And you protect them and you spare them. And this, you are responsible to protect this place. Peace is on this place. Joy is on this place. Amen. Your place should be blessed. Blessed. I know Phyllis uh, worked in doctor's offices for years before we, uh, you know, went full time in the ministry. And she'd have ladies that came in and they hired that were not Christians. And uh, people that living in the world, their life is, is a mess without Jesus. And uh, this one lady, bless her heart, she had uh, had all kind of boyfriend problems. And I mean, threatened to kill her and beat her up and Tore up her car and lost her money. And, and she got in such a bad way. She hadn't slept for like days. And was having these terrible asthma attacks. And couldn't breathe. She was, she was really in a bad way. And Phyllis just grabbed her one night and said, come home with me. And took her home. And she couldn't sleep. It was part of her problem. And Phyllis took her and put her in my prayer room. Next thing you know, she's sound asleep. Didn't come out of there for... Almost 24 hours. When she did, she was a different woman. You could see it in her face. Why? Ain't no devils in my house. So I said, oh, well, you better watch her. Ain't no devils at my house. Or on my driveway. Or on any blade of grass. Or any leaf in my trees. Because I have authority and we don't allow it. Just peace and joy. Angels and the Holy Ghost. That's it. Amen. And if you got anything else at your house, it's your fault for letting it be there. One big reason and way that people let it be there is by letting in worry and fear and strife. And anxiety and talking unbelief and talking fear and fighting and all that stuff. Well, you just open the doors wide open and say, come on, devils, and come to my place. That's dumb. I said, that's dumb. When you are blessed and everything that you have is to be blessed. Blessed. Everybody say blessed. Blessed. What's the blessing? Look at it again. I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. How many know when the Almighty says, I will bless you? What does that mean? (laughs) When the Almighty says, I will bless you. What does that mean? We ought to meditate on that all night tonight. 
When the Almighty, the Creator of heavens and earth says, I will bless you. And make your name great and you will be a blessing. Said out loud, I will be a blessing. The rest of my life, I will be a blessing to people all around me. People who know me. People who don't know me. Everybody around me will be blessed. I'll be a blessing. You've never been as happy as you will be when you live to be a blessing. It's the happiest life there is. It's the most peaceful life, the most joyous, the most satisfying life. When you open your eyes in the morning and you go, All right, Lord. I mean, you're a blessing addict. Blessing addict. You got to get your blessing fixed. What do you mean? I got to bless somebody. Lord, come on now. I'm I'm feeling it. You you got to give me my fix. I got to bless somebody. Make, Make me a blessing to somebody. I got to give something good to somebody. Help somebody in some good way today. And if your heart is there and the will is there, it'll happen. I said, don't you be concerned. If your heart's there and the will is there, it'll happen. You'll be in the right place at the right time with the ability. And you'll, you'll begin to see it unfold and somebody's got a need or a deficiency and you got the ability to do something about it and you'll start smiling like the cat that got the canary and go, yeah, all right, here we go. I can be a blessing today. That means that day was a profitable day, a fruitful day, a day that you went all day long and all night long and all you thought about was yourself and you didn't help anybody anyway was a vain, wasted day. Because we're put on this earth, not just to suck oxygen, not just to bide our time and do our term. We are blessed to be a blessing. Said out loud, we're blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Go please to uh, 39, Genesis 39. Can y'all take a little more tonight? I'm building something. Can you tell? The Lord is. We're building something. If you just jump to things so many times, people don't get it. You got to build to it. Get things settled, get questions answered, get adjustments made. Let's look at some of the effects of the blessing. Because it'll it'll give you an idea of what kind of power this is in your life. Anybody remember a man named Joseph? Did he have the blessing operating in his life? Let's read just a few verses of what it meant for him. Genesis 39. Joseph was brought up in, you know, in, in a, a degree of privilege, but his uh, brothers sold him as a slave, and now he is property, like somebody's cow or dog, and they're hauling him along behind a wagon with a rope around his neck, and they put him up on the block and sold him to the highest bidder, just like a piece of furniture, which happened to be Potiphar. An Egyptian. And he did not buy Joseph to be his buddy. You understand? He did not buy Joseph to be his adopted son. 
He bought him like a piece of equipment to get a job done. He didn't know the boy. But he looks healthy and he looks good. Looks like he could use him. 39.1. Joseph was brought down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of one guard, an Egyptian, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, which had brought him down there. And the Lord was with Joseph. How many know this is describing the blessing? How many know that's, that's such a huge part of the blessing is that he is with me? Amen. But he's with me for what? With me to anoint me to succeed. To enable me to prosper. He's with me. And when he's with me, the blessing is with me. And on me. He was with Joseph. And he, Joseph, was a prosperous man. Whoa, whoa, hold, hold the phone. I thought this boy was just sold off the auction block. Are y'all with me tonight? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, just, just run back up here. And he's a prosperous man. A prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was... Now, now get this. This man didn't serve Jehovah God. This man worships the Nile River. He worships Ra, the sun god. He worships the frog god. And every other kind of ungodly god. But he comes to the conclusion that a greater god is with this boy. Just, he doesn't believe it. He don't know the Bible. Just by watching this boy's life, watching him succeed. You know one thing. That gets worldly people's attention is success. They may not give a hoot about what you're supposed to believe and what church you go to. But when they see you ring the bell again and again in the financial world and in the market. And you're a success and you're prosperous and you come out and you're on top. And they keep seeing you do it again and again and again. They're going, whoa, what are they doing? We got to find out what they're doing. What's your secret, man? What's your secret? And you go, the blessing. The what? There's a book on that? Yeah, yeah, good one. It's a good book. On the blessing. Can I get the blessing? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. But you got to quit serving money and go to serving God. Amen. Then you can get the blessing. Not so you can be a big dog, right. so you can be, be, be a blessing. Yeah. How many in here really have a desire yeah. to be a blessing? You really have a desire yeah. help people, help, help get burdens off of them, help get them loose and free, help get them out of the curse and junk and problems in life. I mean, when people hurt, it bothers me. Does it you? I mean, when they're... Broke, it bothers me. When they're sick, it bothers me. Thank God they don't have to stay that way. The Lord was with Joseph. He was a prosperous man as a slave. And people holler about, well, the economy, the economy. Well, what about being a slave? 
How's that work with the economy? Well, we can't prosper because the season is off a little bit. Well, we can't prosper because, you know, the market, the market, oh, the market, you know, the market. Here's a man is a slave, somebody else's property in somebody else's house. And God was with him in spite of all that. Next thing you know, the boy's got his own money. And people look and go, I thought he's a slave. Yeah, he's Potiphar's slave. Why is he dressed like that? Got money. Where'd he get that money? I don't know, but he got money. How come he ride in a chariot like that? How can he ride in a chariot? I thought he's Potiphar's house boy. He is, but he got a new Mercedes. He got a new. How did start? There was a Mercedes of the day. It was this decked-out chariot, huh? With a certain kind of horse. It was fast, you know. Joseph had the threads. He had the hat. He had the car. He had the wheels. He had the stuff. He wasn't broke. He was prosperous. Oh, friends, are you listening now? Are you listening? It doesn't make any difference where you work. It doesn't, you're not limited by what you get paid per hour unless you're limited in your own mind and heart. Unless you believe this is the ceiling. I can't make any more. That's all they will pay me. Then you have got your eyes firmly on them Men and women as your source. They're my source. And you are limited. But can you believe that even as a slave, you can be wealthy? Working, not not just working for somebody else, being owned by somebody else. You could be prosperous. Well, then certainly working for somebody else. You could come up because God could get money to you through other channels. And other ways. And ideas. Amen. Till you come up and you come up and you come up and they'll say, look what they got. I thought they worked over at the service station. They do. You know he ain't paying them enough to drive that. What's he doing? Probably selling drugs. No, he's not selling drugs. He's got the blessing. And don't just have the blessing. He's walking in the blessing. He's, he's tapping in to the blessing. Joseph had the blessing working in his life. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. He's, this heathen man could see it. And that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight. And he served him and made him overseer over his house and all that he had put unto his hand. And it came to pass from the time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord, the Lord blessed. Now get this, get this. The Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And... The blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all he had in Joseph's hand. I mean, a few years passed and he said, hey, Joseph, you just run this thing. 
Cause so you got, you got the touch. You got something. Cause everything you touch makes money. Everything you do just jumps and goes. Amen. Now I'm reading the Bible. Why was that happening? Because of the blessing. The blessing. And he turned everything over to Joseph. And the Bible said the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. We've seen that. Phyllis and I saw that when we went to Ramah. I went to Ramah first. And Phyllis went several years later. And when I went. The Lord dealt with me to go to healing school and go to prayer school, which took all day and half the night doing everything it took to do that. And initially, I wasn't getting getting paid and didn't didn't ask to, didn't want to for years. But the Lord had set Phyllis up in a situation and she got a hold of some of this about the blessing. And within, I don't know, how many months was it? It was like, it was like two, two years or so. The business she was working for, what happened to it? It tripled. Whole thing tripled. And her boss began to see some things because she had faith to believe in customers. She wouldn't go out and drive them in the door. She'd just claim them and believe for them. And, uh, he got to seeing that. So he said, well, I'll give you a bonus every time you get one. Well, man, within about three or four years, her bonuses were so big. Until they're trying to rethink this thing. And we were living in the best house we'd ever lived in. Driving new cars. The ble- Everybody said the blessing. The blessing. The blessing. Hallelujah. Go with me to Leviticus. I'm, I'm thinking about... Stopping. Leviticus 25. Everybody say the blessing. What would the blessing do for you? Now let me ask you this question. Will the blessing, will God bless an ungodly person's business just because you work there? We see proof of it. Yeah. Man, people don't know it. But but folk that walk in the knowledge of the blessing and release faith in the blessing, everywhere we go, people ought to be glad to see us. You know, like the scripture said, uh, the world does not know us right now because they don't know him. But they're going to know us because they're going to see him and we're going to be like him. We're in him. But when we go... And get on an airplane. The rest of the folk there ought to be glad. I'm serious. And when we get involved with something. Especially people that don't know God. They ought to be glad we came in. Because we got the blessing. And if they're not in God. They don't. They're on their own. It's just their wits. Their ability to to make their way in the world. But you and I have something extra. A lot extra. It's called. The blessing. The blessing. Now look at just a a small thing of the blessing that the Lord did for them every so many years. In Leviticus, the 25th chapter. And the 19th verse. Leviticus 25. 
He said, the land shall yield her fruit. And you shall eat your fill and you'll dwell there in safety. Now he had got through telling them that every seventh year they were to treat that year as a Sabbath and not even sow anything. That sounds that's a pretty cool idea. Every seventh year, don't go to work. Vacation for a year. God's a good God. Yes, He is. And uh, verse 20, He said, And if you say, Well, what shall we eat the seventh year? You, you told us don't plan anything. Wintertime's coming. We don't have any crops. If we don't plant, well, what are we going to eat? Behold, we shall not sow nor gather in our increase. He said, don't worry about it, boys and girls. Verse 21, what I'm going to do is I'm going to command my blessing on you <laughs> in the sixth year. And what's going to happen is it's going to produce enough crops for three years in one year. <laughs> Oh, hallelujah. And he said, then what's going to happen? Verse 22, you will sow the eighth year and you'll still be eaten on old fruit the ninth year. <laughs> Until the fruits of year number eight come in. He's got it figured out, don't he? This is the blessing. Oh, come on now. Help me out just a little bit here. If. Old Testament people, not born again, don't have the name of Jesus, not filled with the Holy Ghost. Old covenant, worse covenant from ours, could have manifestations of the blessing in their material life to the point where God had just, whoo, I mean, soup up the return on something, and you get a three years worth of return out of one year. Are you telling me we can't have that much now under a new covenant, under a better, better? If it's better, we'd have to have opportunity for things that were more than three times return in one year. Question is, can you believe it? Or is it too good to be true? Can you receive it? The Lord's taught me a little bit of this here and there. I got to teach you not, not quite this. I'm teaching some things a little different this week than I've ever taught. But the Lord began to deal with me about him being my source. Him being my source. This is what? 10, 15 years ago. And I preached it all year long. Well, I say all year for about nine months. And we got to the last quarter of the year. And at this point, I'm, I wasn't pastoring, didn't have a church, wasn't even thinking about it. And I'm just traveling on the, on the road. I'm flying here and there and going here and there, having meetings and going home, having meetings, going home, just loving it. Doing good. Ministry's doing good. Our employees are getting paid every paycheck and no problems. And, 
And I got down to the last quarter. And the Lord said to me, I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but in a time of prayer, I was resting a day or two at the house, getting ready to, you know, I actually pulled out some of my, my invitations and I thought, you know, well, I got to set up some other things here pretty quickly and some things I'd been looking at and deciding on. And the Lord spoke to my heart. He said, I'm your source, right? I said, yes, sir. You are my source. He said, you don't look to man, do you? I said, no, sir. You my source. He said, I'm your source. I said, yes, sir. You my source. He said, I want you to sit home this last quarter of the year. Wait on me. I said, Lord. The end of the year. Uh, Christmas time. Uh, we'd like to have bonuses for the employees and, and got some, you know, some payments to make on some things and some things to finish up by the end of the year. And, uh, you know, they that preach the gospel live of the gospel. And I quote a scripture to, or to, to him. And, uh, <laughs> he said, uh, he said, I know that. And, uh, I know, he said, if you were lazy, it'd be another thing. But I, it's, it's, I'm not having to tell you to get to it. You've been after it and you're ready to go. You're getting ready to go right now. But I'm going to teach you something. I'm your source. Well, I'd like to tell you that I just stood up that day and said, yes, sir, thank you, sir, and that'll be fine. But it, I didn't. It took me a few days. And I wrestled with it some. And finally, I realized the Lord, He really did tell me this. He is saying this to me. So, I said, okay. I'm not going to schedule one thing. You my source. Now see, you got people in ditches on both sides of the road, don't you? You got folk that want to lay on the couch and make confessions and never lift a hand and want to get rich. That does not work. I said that does not work because the same Bible teaches diligence and it teaches obedience. And if you don't work, you don't eat. But... People get out of that ditch, go all the way across the road, get in the ditch on the other side of the road, and they think, you know, man, I got to get out and I got to hit the bushes. That's nothing ain't going to happen. And if I don't make it happen, it ain't going to happen. And they are their source. They'll say God is their source, but in actuality, they are counting on themselves to produce it. And if they can't see how they can produce it, they don't expect it to happen. So they're not really living by faith. They're living by works. Can you see there's two extremes? Two extremes. What is the middle of the road? Middle of the road's being led by the Holy Spirit. Amen. All the time. He says, go, you hit it. Amen. He says, double up, you double up. He says, sit at home. Sit at home. I tell you what, the Lord's my witness. Phyllis is my witness. Money came in. More money came in. More money came in. I thought, well, man, I'm not, you know, I'm not having a meeting. I'm not, I'm not doing this. And, and thank God, because I didn't know it, but the next several years, we were going to have to travel and spend and spend and spend without taking it in from where we were spending. And God was getting me ready for that. Because, you know, so many times the Lord will deal with you. So, now you, you may have thought we, we, we got away from our original concept. But what qualifies you for God's best? Willing. Willing. And what? See, now tonight we're into number two. 
obedient. Uh, hold that thought. I'll finish it in just a sec, I think. But, but go, go back to Genesis. Anybody happy about this three-year return in one year? You, you like that like I do? Woo, go back to Genesis. Twelfth chapter. Everybody say the blessing. Blessing. The blessing, the blessing. Genesis 12. Genesis 12, 2 is where the Lord spoke the blessing over on him. And does that, does that belong to me, just like Abraham? He said, if you, you know, if you, if you're Christ, you're Abraham's seed. Heirs according to the promise and the blessing is ours and the, the curse is gone, but the blessing is ours. I will bless them that bless you. Curse them that curse you. I'll bless you. Make your name great. You shall be a blessing. But back up to number one. Verse one. What initiated this? What initiated this? Now the Lord had said to Abram. What? Get yourself out of this country. And from your kinfolks. And from your daddy's house. How many know there was security at daddy's house? And the security and comfort being around your kinfolks. And he said, you leave this place and you go somewhere else. He said, where? He said, I'll let you know. You mean I just leave? (laughs) And where am I going? He said, I'll tell you. So you're going to tell me later where I'm going. He said, that's right. Now, why is the man in the book? He goes home. He says, Sarah, baby. Yeah. He said, I heard from Jehovah today. She said, yeah, I knew something was going on. He said, we got to start packing. Packing? Going on a trip. Yeah. But we ain't coming back. We're moving. Moving? Where Where are we going to? The Lord's going to tell me. <laughs> I'm talking about qualifying for God's best. This begins to get clearer and clearer why a lot of folk are not enjoying God's best, doesn't it? Because how many people do this? How many people will do this? He tells all his helpers, all his workers, I start striking tents, start loading stuff. His neighbors came by. He was a big man in the community, you understand. And his neighbors came by and said, Abe, what's happening? We're moving. I've heard from the Lord. Where are you going? I don't know yet, but I will know. The Lord will show me. You don't know where you're going? I will know. He will show me. They walked off going. How do you qualify for God's best? We hadn't been blessed as much as some folk, but I'm telling you, blessed beyond what we used to, our wildest imaginations and thoughts. And I, I know exactly where it started. Started back in Laurel Hill, Mississippi, in the 1969 Marriott Mobile Home with the red shag carpet, genuine imitation leather sofas. 
and the red crushed velvet drapes. And the Lord said, go to Ramah. Leave mom and daddy. Leave your home. Leave your hot rod. Your motorcycle and your dog. Don't sound big now, but to me that was big stuff. I had, I had worked for years to get that motorcycle and to get that dog. He'd ride in the back of my pickup. Catch my frisbee. I mean, looking back now, it looks small, but to me, it was big. And we loaded up the little truck and looked just like the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> and we went to Broken Ware, Oklahoma. And it's been step after step. But friend, every time we took that step, you didn't see it initially. But man, here in a little bit, here comes the blessing. Here comes. You don't see it all in a year or in two. But after a while, here's an opportunity. And you get this house for a, you know, that house in Tulsa that the Lord gave us for what? I mean, it was a miracle. A third of what it appraised for. An amazing house. People say, man, how'd you get such a deal? Well, the blessing. Well, what, you know, how, how do you get a deal like that? Well, you got to make confessions. Let's make confessions. Yeah, and we'll give an offering. That's great. But that alone does not qualify you. What qualifies you? You must be willing. Now, sometimes people say, well, the Lord, the Lord hadn't told me things like that. So many times he won't give you direction until and unless you are willing. He knows your heart. Amen. So many times it's the grace and mercy of God that he doesn't tell you to do, do a thing like that. Because he knows you wouldn't do it. You're not willing to hear it. You wouldn't do it. And then you're responsible for it. Right. And judgment comes on your disobedience. And so he gives you more time and space to grow. But in the meanwhile, years are passing by and life is passing by. There's been many a time when I, I realized when I made the change in my heart and I got willing, then here comes direction. Amen. When I'm ready to hear it, when I'm willing to hear it, willing to act on it, then here comes the direction. And if you be willing and obedient, what happens? Abram loaded up his stuff. He got all his people. He left his home. He left his kinfolks. He left all his stuff. And look in the next chapter. Get ready to shout Look in the next chapter. What did the Lord tell him? Do what I tell you to. Go where I tell you to go. Do what I tell you to do. And I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless everybody that blesses you. Everybody that tries to hurt you will be hurt, cursed. But in the very next chapter. Chapter 13. Verse 1. And Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife, and all he had, lot with him into the south, and Abram was very rich. Somebody said, well, that's just spiritually rich. Come on, come on, read the Bible in cows. Moo, moo, cows. Don't spiritualize that. Silver. Ka-ching. Silver. Amen. Now you know why I say this, don't you? Because people are always trying to twist. Well, now that just means spiritual. You're scared to be blessed. Yeah. 
scared to believe it. It might be too good to be true. Silver. Say it out loud. Silver. 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 And in gold. Gold. Oh, I don't want any of that gold. I do. I want a bunch of gold. I said that a while back, uh, several years ago. I said, yes, sir, I believe for silver. I believe. A fellow came and brought me a bar of silver. Great big thing. He said, here's some silver. I said, thank you. I'm believing for the gold bar now. Gold. Platinum's good. God made platinum. He made gold. He didn't make it for the devil's bunch. He made it for you. Made it for you. He don't care if you got platinum hubcaps. Oh, I lost some folk there. (laughs) Oh, help us, Lord. How many realize that we are in the infancy of this message? Aren't we? Because people have been lied to and preached traditions and men's ideas and bondage and condemnation for centuries. Instead of the good news, the good news, the good news. Abram was not just rich, very rich in stuff. Who made him that way? That was weak. Who made this man very rich? God. Same God you serve? Has, has that God changed? Has his will changed? No. No. Are you the seed of Abraham? Is the blessing that that man had on his life, is it on you? And if it's working like it's supposed to be, what should be happening in your life? Very rich. Very, very blessed. Very close to God. Very used of God. Very rich. Why? So I can be a very big blessing. Very big blessing. Right, left, front, center. All the way around. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Very rich. Very rich. We're looking at the results of the blessing. Which was initiated by Abraham's obedience. Which qualified him to eat the good of the land. Does all this apply to us exactly this way today? Stand up on your feet everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.